This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. We now have a time of uh, scripture reading, so I'll ask uh, Sister Shalene to come up to read the Bible passage for us. Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you're using the Church Bibles, it's on page 1150. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is Paul writing to the Corinthians. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right to not work for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this was written for us, because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not used any of these rites. I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me, for I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, 
so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes, through strict, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. I will now pass the time over to Pastor Nick, who will explain this Bible passage to us. Good morning, friends. Uh, let's pray as we look at God's word together. Heavenly Father, uh, we praise you for speaking to us. Uh, please help us to hear your word uh, as we read the First Corinthians today. Jesus' name, Amen. During Chinese New Year, uh, I chatted with one of the taxi drivers who drove, drove us for visiting. So he said that he used to drive a rubbish truck. And so we got talking about which is the hardest place in Singapore to, uh, to pick, pick up rubbish. And he said the hardest place in Singapore is the private housing estates. I said, why is, it, why is it so difficult? Now, he says, because the people at private, uh, private estates, they park their Mercedes or their Maseratis or Ferraris just outside their house, so then I cannot pass. And so when I try to drive the car, uh, my, the truck, I have to press a horn, beep, 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 until they come out. And when they come out, they don't move their car. When they come out, they take out their phones and watch me drive past their, their car. So the, the, these people feel that it is their right uh, to park their cars outside their house and not help other people well, pass by, right? even though that actually helps them well, not scratch their car. But for us, uh, we feel that uh, we too have rights to things. So we feel that we have a right uh, to good service, we have a right to pursue our dreams, we feel that we have a right to do what we want with our lives. But sometimes it's better to deny our rights. There's, there are good reasons to deny our rights. So sometimes we can deny ourselves our rights for good service to encourage a server with special needs. We can deny our right to pursue our dreams uh, if pursuing those dreams will put our family into serious debt. We can deny our rights uh, to do what we want with our time uh, if there are better things to do with our time. We can deny our rights if there's a better reason to do so. Our passage today says that it's better to deny our rights for the gospel. And I'm thankful that well, that's why many of us are serving in different ways at BTPC. But is the gospel really worth me giving up my rights to serve others? What is it about the gospel that helps me know how much I should serve? But that's what today's passage is about. So after going through 1 Kings in the first two months of this year, we are back in 1 Corinthians. 
Oh, we, we studied that last year. And I, re- I wonder what you remember about 1 Corinthians. Well, the Corinthian church wasn't doing well. There were church splits. Uh, there were churches splitting over who to follow. There was blatant sexual immorality. There were lawsuits. And when we stopped in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, there were pe- people eating food sacrificed to idols. And when they did that, they, they thought they knew their idols were nothing, but they were affecting, they were hurting, they were stumbling the weaker Christians. So it sounds like, well, this is not the church to be. I wouldn't recommend anyone to go to the Corinthian church. And despite all that, in chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says that this is a church that Jesus saved. If you have Bibles, so you have to flip with me uh, to chapter 1. I'll be reading a few verses from there. So chap- 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. This is what Paul says about the Corinthian church. Verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So these people were sanctified in Christ Jesus. They're called to be God's holy people. So they, they had a good start when I mean, they believe, but that's not all. You see, if you look down in verse 8, see, God will make sure that these Corinthians will make it to the end, to Jesus' second coming. In verse 8, this God is talking about God. So God, He, will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God will keep them firm to the end despite all their problems. And God, how does God keep them firm to the end? But one way is through this letter. So God keeps them firm to the end through Paul's letter to them, telling them uh, to apply the gospel in their lives, telling them to turn from their, from their sin. So back in chapter 8, so if the foods offered to idols in chapter 8, but Paul says in chapter 8 verse 9, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. So don't eat food sacrificed to idols because it stumbles the weak Christians. So when you, so when you eat uh, food offered to idols, weak, weak Christians might think that it's okay to do so. But then when the weak Christians eat the food offered to idols, then you start to feel guilty that they have sinned against God and they stumble from God. So don't do that. That's chapter 8. In chapter 9, what we see today is Paul goes deeper into the the issue of rights. You give up your rights for the gospel. In our passage today, as Sherlin read it for us, you notice that in the first part, he talks about his rights, and then the large part of the passage, he denies those rights that he has. So let's look at the rights uh, that he has. So verse, uh, verse 1 to 12. So first he says well, who he is in verse 1 to 2. Chapter 9, verse 1. He reminds them that he is an apostle. Verse 1. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Jesus has freed Paul from sin. And Paul, Paul is an apostle. Apostle is someone who, who has seen Jesus and his God's messenger. So Paul is an apostle because he has seen Jesus. He has seen Jesus when he was converted. You see that in Acts. And Jesus has given him the, the job, the task of 
by telling people about him. So Paul is saying here he qualifies an apostle. And Paul isn't just any apostle, as Paul was their apostle. In verse 2, the Corinthians were Paul's seal of apostleship. So the, the Corinthians were Paul's certificate of being an apostle. As we read in the responsive reading, the Corinthians saw Paul in action for one and a half years. And they grew in their love for God, they grew in their knowledge of God through Paul. So Paul is the real deal. Real deal as an apostle, but more so for the, for the Corinthians. So that's his identity. So now that Paul has established his identity, he will now establish his rights. So what are my rights? First, uh, so first Paul has the rights for financial support. You look with me at verse 4. Don't we have the rights to food and drink? So Paul is saying he has the right uh, for, for support from the Corinthians so they can eat, so they can drink. It's for financial support. Now, my friend's sister uh, used to work in the entertainment industry. So she, we asked, so what's the strangest uh, experience you have working in the entertainment industry? So she said the strangest experience she has was we're bringing in this uh, Korean boy band. Okay, so they, she had to make sure that they had a nice hotel, the best hotel in Singapore, make sure that they have, uh, they have enough food, food to eat. But the strangest part is about their water. Well, they, they wanted water, so okay, the staff provided water. But they said they wanted bottled water because they're scared of getting food poisoning that they have in other countries. They, okay, that's understandable. They provided bottled water. But what they want in their bottle, in their bottle is they want bottled water with the tops drilled in so that they can put a straw inside. So the, 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 band, the boy band can just take the bottles and just drink the water. Now, maybe they want to just... Uh, maybe they want to... Uh, or keep their, their lipstick intact and not mess up their makeup. I don't understand why they want plastic in their water, but because uh, but my friend's sister had to make sure that this Korean boy band had their water because it's their right. Because they are coming, uh, they come to Singapore to perform, and they, the organizers had a right to give them water, even though they wanted plastic in their water. But in the same way, the Corinthians, they're obligated to support Paul. It's their duty to support Paul. It's their responsibility to support Paul. Now, on top of that, if uh, Paul and the other preachers uh, preach at Corinth, well, verse 5 also says that they are, even their wives, their families, uh, must be provided for. And then Paul gives three reasons why uh, they should support him. So first, uh, it's because that's what people do. So in verse 7, the soldier doesn't pay himself. And the farmer enjoys grapes from the vineyard and the milk from the flock. In the same way, it's the teacher's right to receive support from those that they teach. So it's Paul's right to receive uh, support from the Corinthians. First reason. Second reason uh, is about, uh, because that's what God's concerned about. So verse 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out grain. Is it about the oxen that God's concerned? So Paul here reflects on the law, God's law about oxen. So the oxen treasures stocks of grain to crush out the stocks uh, from, yeah, to separate the stocks from the grain so they can get grain. And sometimes as the ox is doing that, the ox will want to eat the grain. Yes, but uh, I don't know, a Singaporean farmer will say, hey, that's, 
That's minimizing my output, my economic output. That cannot be allowed. So what they do is they'll put a muzzle over the ox and to stop the, to stop the ox from uh, eating anything to maximize their output. But God's law says that God's people are not to put that muzzle on the ox to stop the ox from eating. And Paul says that this shows God's concern for the ox. But more than that, it shows God's concern for, the, for people. In verse 10, Paul says that this law was written, uh, this law in the past was written, not just for people in the past, it was written for the Corinthians. That this law was written to teach the Corinthians something about God. That if God is concerned about providing for the ox, then God must be concerned, more concerned about providing for people, including apostles who teach the, the gospel. So, Paul's, so God's concern about, about providing for teachers who, who, who teach the gospel. So, so the Corinthians should honor God and support uh, their teachers. So it's Paul's right to receive support from the Corinthians. The third reason is some deserve it more. So in verse 12, the Corinthians were rightly paying uh, other preachers, other apostles. And Paul says, if you pay them, it's good. But Paul deserves it more because Paul started their church and Paul was very important to their spiritual growth. Now, Paul, Paul the apostle had a right uh, for financial support because that's what people do, because that's what God's concerned about, and because Paul deserves it more than others. So what this, this teaches us uh, for, for Christians today is that those who teach have a right to be supported uh, by us because that's what people do, because that's what God's concerned about, because some people do deserve it more. So when we support, our, our money should be used to support gospel workers, especially those who are directly involved in our spiritual growth. So our, our financial offering is important. Uh, we, we, do, we do that every week. We, and we want to thank you for, for giving to us, giving to, to, to the church sacrificially because you are supporting uh, your pastors who teach you your, uh, God's word. Uh, you, for example, you are supporting my wife and my four kids and I really appreciate that. So if you can't afford it, uh, you should, uh, you should uh, support those who teach you. So I, I, I have this pastor friend from another denomination. He's really struggling because he feels that his denomination uh, isn't, be, isn't able to support his, him and his family, especially with the rising uh, financial costs. So that's something to consider when we are supporting uh, gospel workers, maybe by PTPC, but also for us who are involved in ministries elsewhere. Uh, to, to think about whether we are helping, to, uh, helping them to meet inflation. Also for us, we, you might listen to teachers uh, at ETC Asia or through uh, other teachers at the, uh, on the podcast. So our right response from this passage would be to support them financially. Okay, so that's uh, the first, first part on the rights. Next, after establishing Paul's rights, Paul goes on to say that he denies, he doesn't want those rights. Verse uh, 12, he says he denies his rights for the reward. Verse 12, second half of verse 12, but we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything uh, rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. So Paul will put up with anything uh, for the gospel, rather than hinder the gospel. So in our passage, uh, responsive reading just now, in Acts 18, we read that Paul put up with being a tent maker. Now, t- uh, tent maker is it's actually hard work. In, chap- in chapter 4, uh, 
uh, we saw this last year, Paul says that, chapter 4, verse 12, he works hard with our hands. That's what he did with uh, in, in mending tents. And it's not, not just tents that he mended, he, meant, he did all leather work. And it's hard work. You have to you have sew using a, a needle and thread. With, uh, we're working with leather. It's hard work. All this so that the gospel can go out to the Corinthians for the church to grow. In verse 13, uh, Paul says, yes, the, in the Old Testament, the priests get their food from people, uh, people's sacrifices. In verse 14, yes, Jesus does command uh, that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But Paul, in the past, says no uh, to all these all these to his rights in the past. He said that in the past, but he says also in verse 15 that he continues uh, to say no to this. Verse 15, and, and I am not writing this in hope that you will do, this, do such things for me, for I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. Paul would rather die than to let anyone deprive him of the boast, or this boast, this boast that he did not burden them, burden them with his needs. This boast that he relied on Jesus who provides. And that's what the verse 15 boasts about. It's about boasting that Jesus provides for him. Now the verse 16 boast is different. The verse 16 boast is about him uh, preaching the gospel, maybe in his ability to preach, maybe in his success in forming this church in one and a half years. Paul says in verse 16, he doesn't boast in all these things. Why? Because, well, Jesus commanded Paul to preach well, when, when, Paul, when Paul, saw, uh, Paul saw Jesus many years ago, when Paul was converted. And because Jesus appointed Paul to preach, Paul is compelled to preach. So Paul uh, cannot boast. That's his job. And because this, he's compelled to preach, if he doesn't preach, then he says, woe to him if he doesn't preach. And since he has to preach, Verse 17, verse 17, he can do it either voluntarily or involuntarily. So if he preaches involuntarily, he is he's doing his job. He's discharging his trust committed to him. But if he preaches voluntarily uh, with no support, he says he has this reward of preaching the gospel for free. Now, preaching the gospel for free, that doesn't sound much like a reward. Paul preaches without Corinthian support so that he can preach for free. That's his reward. Now, in, near, near my neighborhood, there's a community of uh, bird lovers who train their, their birds, uh, the parakeets, to fly around and come back uh, to, to them. So there's a few near, near a place where they, they train their parakeets uh, in that area. But sometimes, when they let the birds go, the birds go and don't come back. So the owners, what they'll do is they'll, they'll put up posts and say, oh, missing bird, well, please call this number and a reward will be given. So maybe there'll be some money if you find the bird. So this is, this is what I think of when I think of reward. But for Paul, he says that he's re, he wants to preach uh, without burdening them, so, that his, so, it, so his reward is he can preach for free. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Paul's reward is to part. Why does he do that? Because he says his reward is to, his reward is to partner the gospel. Partner the gospel in verse 19 to 23. So verse 19, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Paul wants to win as many as possible. So to do that, he makes himself a slave to everyone. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, Paul gives us four pictures. So first we see a Jew. 
verse 20. So to those who are Jew by race, Paul becomes like the Jews. So he will celebrate their Jewish festivals, like the, like the Purim or the Hanukkah. Or he'll dress like the Jew, uh, so that he can, and he'll do all that so that he can preach the gospel to them. That's the first group. second group is the, the law keepers in verse 20. So to those who, these are Jews and Gentiles who try to keep the law. So to them, uh, verse 20 says, To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. So to, to be like those under the law, to those who kept the Old Testament laws, Paul says he'll keep the festivals like the Sabbath, like the Passover. And Paul will keep the food laws. Uh, Paul is clear here in this passage about what the Old Testament law is about. He says that he is not, he's a Christian, he's not under the Old Testament law. So keeping the festivals, keeping, keeping the food laws, that doesn't make Paul righteous. Uh, Paul keeps the law because this gives Paul a, a chance, an opportunity to preach the gospel to them, to help them grow. The third group is in verse 21. So if, it's those people who don't have the law. So if Paul goes to those people who don't have the law, in verse 21, that's, those are the Gentiles, he'll become like them in their customs and their practices. Or yet, yeah, he won't disobey God. So in verse 21, he says he's not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So even though he goes to the Gentiles, those people who don't follow God, he will, Paul will still obey God. Paul will still keep Christ's law. Now, what this, or Christ's law, uh, what this means is that he will love, he'll still love people and he'll still care for them. So this is, this is, another, this is another, let, another letter that Paul wrote. Paul says that carry what each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So Paul will be like them. To, he, will, he, will keep, he will be like the Gentiles, but he will still obey God, and he will love them. And the, the last group we see are the weak. In verse 22. Now, he's already talked about the Gentiles. So who are these weak people? So we, we, what, we, what, what will help us is to think back in, in 1 Corinthians on where he talks about the weak. So yes, he talked about the weak uh, in chapter 1, about the Corinthians being lowly in status. I think the more recent passage he talked about the weak is in uh, chapter 8. The weak are those people who don't know their Bibles, who don't know their Bibles well, the Christians who don't know their Bibles well. And they are stumbled by others who are eating food offered to sacrifices, uh, food off, uh, offered sacrifice to idols. But Paul says to these weak Christians, he will be weak to win them. Now this helps us to understand uh, what's going on in this passage. You see, if the weak, the weak, they are Christians who are, who are struggling with who sacrifice to idols, this means that winning isn't just about preaching to non-Christians so that they will be saved. Winning means preaching to Christians, help them to grow in their love for Jesus, to make it to the end, to persevere to the end when Jesus comes back again. And also, the other thing that this, this weak uh, uh, word helps us is, it tells us what Paul is doing in this chapter. You see, Paul is directing this chapter to those Corinthian Christians who think that they know it all, that they are knowledgeable to the knowers, to those who think that they know more than the weak Christians. So Paul's example is, this, is an un, indirect rebuke to those who are so focused on their rights, to those people who think they know, know more, that they deny the gospel in their actions, that they stumble the weak, 
and not over the weak. Paul says that you knowers can do so much better. You You can show your love by accommodating the weak Christians. So stop eating food in temples. Stop eating food off of the sacrifices and be on team gospel. Verse 22. It says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I may save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in it. Be like Paul. Accommodate everyone to save some. Help some grow. To help, those, to help, some, to help some Christians persevere to the end until Jesus comes back. And they do this to share in the gospel. The, the word blessings is something that the translators added, added to help us understand what's going on. But the word blessings shouldn't be there. So what, what Paul is saying is he wants us to share in the gospel, to be participants in the gospel, to be partners with the gospel, to be on team gospel. You see, the gospel is growing in the world. People are believing, believing in Jesus. And Paul wants the Corinthians to join in that team, to be on to be on team gospel, to be on God's side, to be on Jesus' side, partner the gospel in, in helping more and more people believe in Jesus, to persevere to the end. So Paul says that he doesn't want to, you know, he, he's, he does this to serve the Corinthians, he doesn't want to suffer financial, he doesn't want to suffer financial loss uh, by carrying his burden. But here he humbles himself further to serve them. So this is Paul's idea of a reward. Paul's idea of a reward is to serve on team gospel, to serve the Corinthians. So Paul's reward is to to be this living example of the gospel. You see, in the gospel, the gospel is this message about how God's grace, God, God is kind to us and freely saves us when we believe in Jesus, we have faith in Jesus. So because this gospel is free, offered freely to everyone without works, Paul preaches this gospel freely. So that, those, so, so that people who, who know Paul, they see Paul preaching the gospel with his message and with his life. Paul partners the gospel to breathe out the gospel and to live out the gospel. Now, Hudson Taylor was also, was, was also on team gospel. Now, who was Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor was a missionary, a Western missionary to China. But he's a very unique missionary, you see. He decided to keep his hair long to be like the Chinese. And for clothing, well, he, could be, he could dress like the upper class. He could, dress, could choose to dress like a Westerner. But he chose to dress uh, like a humble, a poor Chinese school teacher. Because he wanted to serve the Chinese with the gospel. And he got, and he got his team to do, the, to do that. And that's what... He, being on team gospel looks like. That's what humility uh, looks like. To humbly uh, enter, the, uh, enter the world of other people, help them persevere to the end, to help them to, to, be, to be with Jesus when Jesus comes back. And for us, uh, this means that we also need to be humble to be gospel partners, to be partners with the gospel. For example, this might mean... Uh, humbly entering the world of children and youth to serve them with the gospel. Now, you don't have to join the children's ministry. Youth ministry. You could, could do that in your conversations at morning tea or, or when you meet, meet with them uh, through the week. 
Or humbly enter the world of young parents to serve them with the gospel. Or humbly enter the world of seniors uh, to serve them with the gospel. Know what, uh, what their struggles, to encourage them with the Bible. To humbly enter the world of someone from a different age group, a different race, a different uh, income uh, bracket, to serve them with the gospel. Friends, imagine what it would be like for us, everyone, were to serve each other with the gospel. Then we will see the gospel in our words, but not just that, also in our actions. To see the gospel breathed out, the gospel lived out. All that for the reward of being on team gospel. To deny my rights for the gospel, deny my rights to partner the gospel. And the third thing we see here is, deny my rights requires discipline and focus. So Paul uses a two image, two pictures to describe the humility uh, required. The first is, no pain, no gain. Uh, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets a prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not, la- that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. The first uh, we see that we must train hard to win the, win the race. That's the first picture. Our athletic training is hard. It's hard work. I read about Joycelyn Yeo uh, a few years back. She, Joycelyn Yeo is, a, is a, one of our Singapore swimmers in the past, and she won 40 gold medals in the SEA Games. And she said that this was what her life was like uh, from 11 years old. 11 years old, mind you. 11 years old, at 4.30 a.m., she wakes up, at 5 a.m., she's warming up at the pool. And 5.15, she's, already, she's starting her training. At 8 a.m., she goes for her class, uh, her normal school lessons. And at some point, at 2 o'clock uh, to 6 o'clock, she continues her training. And this is not just for one day. Uh, this is every day, every day, six days a week, 52 weeks a year, uh, for many years. And all that, as you say, right, every, she does it every four years to, to, uh, to try and make it to the Olympics and every, every four years to be at the different competitions. So for her, no pain, no gain. And that's, 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 what, the, that's what Paul is saying. For, the, for Paul and the Corinthians, no pain, no gain. They must be disciplined uh, to run the race, to keep living out the gospel because, to keep living out the gospel because at the end, if they, are, if they discipline themselves to the end, there is a crown uh, that, that they'll receive if they persevere. And what is this crown? This was his eternal crown. This eternal crown is his own salvation. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, this is what Paul says about this crown. Now there is in store for me, for Paul, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. So living out the gospel uh, is evidence that you are a Christian. It's evidence that you have been saved. So living out, as living, uh, living out the gospel uh, helps, us to, helps Paul, for example, to be, to be more and more assured that on that last day, uh, he will receive a crown. On the last day, Jesus will say to him, well done, good and faithful servant. So that's the discipline that, that Paul wants, wants the Corinthians to have. Keep being humble. Next, uh, in verse uh, 26, he says, keep your eye on the prize. 
Verse 26, Paul says he doesn't run aimlessly and he's not like a boxer uh, boxing the air. Paul is a boxer with aim. Paul is a boxer with uh, focus. Yeah, because, of, because it's something about boxing, so this week I went to read a little bit about boxing. Uh, so I learned that Muhammad Ali's style is that he will dance around his opponents and when his opponents are not uh, unprepared, he will suddenly uh, attack from unexpected angles. That's uh, Muhammad Ali. Another famous boxer that I know is uh, Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson has this method. It's called the peekaboo method. Yeah, so yeah, really, it's, it's, that's why it's, it's actually called in the boxing world. So he uses peekaboo method to, uh, to cover his face and his body to, to get close to, to his opponent. So the, the opponent will just keep uh, boxing his hands so that he, it won't be so painful. And Mike Tyson will get close. And when he gets really, really close, he will open up his arms and start attacking. So he uh, peekaboo and he starts attacking. So this is, so for, and for both, so both Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali, they are not boxing the air. They are boxing the opponent. The boxer's focus is always on the opponent. But you see who Paul's opponent is? Verse 27. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So literally what he says, I strike a blow to my body. Literally what it means is, I give myself, I give my body a black eye. So this is how, how uh, Paul is showing how much he will humble himself to serve others. He would, uh, he would, uh, he would discipline himself to the ex- or figuratively, figuratively to the extent that he would, uh, like almost like harm his body to serve others so that he'll, he'll win the crown. No, he's not saying that, he, he, that we must harm, our, harm ourselves to serve others, but he's giving us a picture of how much, how low he would go to be a slave to serve other people. But in this, this passage, Paul also wants to hear the warning. He, he humbles himself so that after preaching the gospel, after breathing out the gospel, he won't be disqualified from eternal life. Now, this is a very strong warning. I want to clarify that Paul doesn't mean that uh, anyone who has been saved in the past genuinely believe in Jesus, that we can be disqualified uh, from the crown. And what Paul is doing here is saying, is Paul is giving a warning to keep his people safe. Well, just like you know, you, for, for those of us parents, we'll, we'll warn our kids, right, if you, if you uh, run across the road, you get knocked down. But that's not to prophesy to them that that's, that's going to happen. But that's to keep them safe, to keep them from running across the road. So Paul is using, God is using the, Paul's warning in the passage to, to keep the community safe, to make it to the end, to Jesus' return. Because well, the Corinthians, what they have been doing is they have been stumbling, the, they have been denying the gospel by stumbling the weak. So Paul says, well, now it's time to turn back. Stop continuing this way. Now it's time to repent. Now it's time to live out the gospel by serving the weak. So Paul writes this to help the Corinthians to be humble. And this, Paul writes this to help you and I to be humble so that we will make it to the end to receive our crowns. We must deny our rights for the, for the reward uh, to partner the gospel, and that requires discipline and focus. So in the Corinthians culture and our culture, our rights are really important. Um, we feel that we deserve rights that we've worked hard to achieve. We don't want to humble ourselves. We do, it's not instinctive to humble ourselves to serve others. And even if we serve, 
we think that it's not fair that we are serving so much and someone else is serving less. But to all this, Paul gives us his example. Paul's the, the apostle. He's heard Jesus, he's seen Jesus, he, and Jesus has authorized him to tell others about Jesus. So Jesus, Paul's status, I mean, in the Christian world, should be super, super high compared to us. But Paul says that he's living out the gospel. So in living out the gospel, he becomes like Jesus. He humbles himself, lowers himself to serve Corinthians, to serve you and I with the gospel. So the Corinthians, they must learn from Paul. Just stop being so focused on your rights. Seek to build the weak. Win the prize by self-denial or deny the gospel by focusing on rights. And the same for us. Paul's message is also for us. Just stop being so focused on your rights. Seek to build up the weak and win the prize by self-denial or deny the gospel by insisting on rights. And to summarize, deny, the go- deny your rights for the gospel or deny the gospel for your rights. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may we want to partner with the gospel today and so deny ourselves to serve others to be on Team Gospel. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick, for the message. Uh, <laughs> right now, we do not have uh, time for reflection questions uh, as this is uh, Communion Sunday. Uh, but nevertheless, I will read out the questions so that you can take note of them uh, for your own discussions over uh, tea break or uh, lunch later on. So the two questions are, what are some rights that we might hold on to? And the second question is, what might denying those rights for the gospel look like? Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.